keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. The game preview show, the 49ers versus division rivals. Heated rivalry here with the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are coming into Santa Clara with a 1-0 record after defeating the Denver Broncos, getting the best of Russell Wilson, and taking over first place in the NFC West. Cardinals, Rams, 49ers all fall in week one. Seahawks, who are expected to fall, Win a close matchup, but beat the Denver Broncos 17-16. So Seattle's coming in riding high with quarterback Geno Smith, who's leading the way. It was an interesting game. The Seattle Seahawks scored all 17 points in the first half. Nothing doing in the second. But Russell Wilson and Denver had so many mistakes that they made inside the red zone and at the goal line that they weren't able to overcome and win. The Seahawks get the victory. The Seahawks are riding high. And now they're going to be facing the San Francisco 49ers. So Seattle Seahawks versus 49ers. Here we go. I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a good one. I got the Bosa shirt on because I think Bosa is going to have an impact in this game. But I'm going to be going over key matchups. I'm going to talk about offensive and key, defensive key matchups. Areas that the 49ers can target and go after. Of course, a wow, that's bold prediction for the for the game. And then I'll give my game prediction as well of who I expect to win and what the score will be. Uh, maybe it'll surprise you. Who knows? But that'll be coming later on in the episode. But first off, some quick takeaways from everything that happened last week. Of course, the 49ers struggled with turnovers. They struggled with penalties. They really did help the Bears a lot. They helped beat themselves. That's not something you want to do. Kyle Shannon has spoke about this. They talked to the team they're going to correct these mistakes. Now, one thing that we're not going to be able to correct potentially is the rain because it appears that the rain is coming for the 49ers and Seattle Seahawks this week. 60% chance of rain as of recording. So it's it's actually going up. It was 40 at the beginning of the week. So it continues to rise. Chances that rain is going to impact this football game are there. Now, the 49ers have some experience already playing in Chicago's torrential downpours. Don't expect that to be the case this week for the Niners for Seattle. It'll be a little bit less. The rain won't be, you know, as uh, important or as uh, difficult to deal with for the 49ers or the Seahawks, but it will play some sort of a role. You got to think the Niners have a little bit of an advantage with that, uh, but Seattle is from the Pacific Northwest. They deal with rain all the time, so I'm sure they're going to be ready for it, and this is going to be an interesting matchup. It's going to be fun. Uh, there are some some players for both sides that are, you know, really big impact players. And some players for the 49ers are going to get tested for the first time at a high level. One of those, in fact, is Samuel Womack. Samuel Womack is going to get tested in the nickel because he's going to have to go against players like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And, of course, speedster Marquise Goodwin, know your name. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's going to be huge to watch. There's going to be a lot of key matchups in this game. I'm going to go over some of the player matchups that I'm most interested in. And then I'll get into my offensive key matchup for the game. But I think that there's other ones as well, because we have question marks now at the running back position. Elijah Mitchell is out for the significant future. And the 49ers have Jeff Wilson Jr. as the number one running back. 
Behind him are undrafted free agent Jordan Mason and TDP, uh, Tyron Davis-Price, who was the third-round pick at LSU. Both guys are physical, aggressive runners. They get downhill in a hurry. The only question marks have been that Kyle Shanahan said they're not doing the things without the ball right now. Of course, Jordan Mason was ahead in the special uh, special teams area. That's why he played and dressed against the Bears, where Tyron Davis-Price didn't even dress. So these guys are going to be asked to make an impact. And, of course, the 49ers did sign Indiana, former Indianapolis Colts and Houston Texans running back uh, Marlon Mack. So Marlon Mack, don't know if he's going to have an impact on this game. I guess would be not, but there's no guarantees. You never know what Kyle Shanahan will do with a veteran running back, especially if the guy is able to pick up the system. Because if he did, if he does, he can make an impact on this team. He's a guy with a thousand yards rushing in the NFL. Not an easy feat. And all the while, you have a wide back in Debo Samuel that can add to your offense. But let's get into this offensive key matchup. My offensive key matchup is Mr. Clean, 49ers pass protection against the pressure that Seattle's going to put on. Now, Seattle went after Russell Wilson with reckless abandon. The two outside guys, the outside linebackers, brought the heat pretty consistently. Uh, Seahawks were bringing those guys off the edge, and it was pretty exciting to see what they were doing. They were they were trying to get after uh, Russell Wilson. A lot of people tried to do that to Russell Wilson, but they were actually doing it. Uh, and Ford, you know, was doing it. Awusu was doing a good job as well. They were putting pressure. They were flying up the field on the outside for that speed rush. And sometimes they were able to get home. Sometimes they were able to frustrate Russell Wilson. I think that's going to be something that's important because we have Trent Williams, but Trent Williams didn't exactly have a clean sheet last week. Now, it's Trent freaking Williams, so you expect him to do pretty good. Um, but we'll see what Seattle does because they were dialing up blitzes. If they're dialing up blitzes, that's a lot different than what the 49ers saw against Chicago. Against Chicago, the 49ers did not see um, any blitzes at all. They rushed four every single play. And so it was it was one interesting game plan for the Chicago Bears, and it worked out for them. Uh, the problem is, will Seattle do that? Because Seattle was bringing pressure. And if that happens, the 49ers are going to have to work on their blitz pickup. They're going to have to work together. They're going to have to show chemistry on that offensive line, which maybe they haven't done yet. So. Keeping Trey Lance clean, keeping him Mr. Clean is going to be one of the most important things that they're going to have to do on Sunday because if they can keep him clean, he's going to be able to find open receivers. Jamal Adams is going to be out. Uh, they're already starting rookie Tariq Woolen at right cornerback. That is a question mark. Now, I like Woolen a lot. He's a big, tall, physical, fast cornerback. But uh, in the game against um, the Denver Broncos, he was getting beat and he was also getting exposed as somebody that likes to get physical, those are opportunities for the 49ers to be able to make plays. So giving Trey Lance a clean pocket will allow his wide receivers to make plays down the field, and there are chances to do so. The aggressive style of Seattle Seahawks is what you have to take advantage of. Take advantage of those guys coming upfield. Now, part of the reason, part of the way they're going to keep the, the uh, Trey Lance clean is by running the football. You're going to have to run the football, and that's a huge question mark in this game because you have don't have Elijah Mitchell. With Elijah Mitchell... 6.8 yards a carry. Without Elijah Mitchell, the best one you got is Debo Samuel, and he's a wide receiver. Debo Samuel is 6.5 yards a carry. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. didn't have himself a fantastic game. He only had 2.9 yards a carry. Nothing to write home about. But when you look at it, you're going to have Jordan Mason, you're going to have TDP, and you're going to have Jeff Wilson Jr., and those guys are going to have to make an impact. Probably expect a little bit extra from Debo Samuel than you saw last week. They've got to manufacture the run game. The way that the defensive ends are being so aggressive, and I say defensive ends, they're probably outside linebackers. 
Uh, it's a 3-4, so depending on what you call him. But I'm going to call him an edge rusher or defensive end for this one. Uh, the way that they're being so aggressive, they were allowing boots and read option plays to you know be successful for Russell Wilson. That's an area which the 49ers can take advantage of. They can move the pocket. They can run play action, take that aggressiveness, use it against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, sometimes it's going to work out for Seattle. They're going to have big plays. And other times you're going to have opportunities to be able to slip a wide receiver or a tight end out and get them the ball as one of these guys are really too aggressive getting down the line of scrimmage to stop the run. It will be a point of emphasis for the Seattle Seahawks to stop the 49ers run game. So taking advantage of their aggressiveness should be one of Kyle Shanahan's number one goals in this game. And I think he can do it. You throw in the fact that, you know, uh, Mike McGlinchey is one of the better run blockers. Make sure that he can run block. If you're able to set the, uh, establish the edge against the Seattle Seahawks, there's a lot of room to be able to run. That's one thing about the 3-4. You have two inside linebackers. A lot of times those outside ed ed edge rushers and linebackers are on the line of scrimmage. You can knock them down. Uh, you can get outside. You can run that edge. Seattle Seahawks are going to probably employ a lot of five-man fronts against the 49ers. But once you're able to get outside, you just have to locate the inside linebacker and the safety. Those are the guys to locate and then be able to make a move off of it. So the run game on the outside can be highly successful this week if the 49ers are able to execute at the point of attack. One thing that can help that is if George, if George Kittle is capable and ready to play in this game, he would be a huge upgrade for the 49ers at tight end. Nothing against Tyler Croft. He's just not George Kittle. Croft played very well in week one against the Chicago Bears, and I would expect he would play just as well against the Seattle Seahawks. I think there's opportunities, especially with Jamal Adams not there. But having George Kittle in there is just an upgrade, and having those two guys together at times is a real upgrade. So the 49ers could use all hands on deck. Kittle could help with that. And if Kittle's in that position, I fully expect the 49ers to be able to get to the edge and run the football. If they're able to get to the edge and run the football, that's going to create the play-action pass that you want. And then the 49ers are going to be able to uh, accomplish this key matchup, which is keep Trey Lance clean. Keep him clean in the pocket where he can deliver the football. And then when Trey has to extend plays, uh, hopefully it's few and far between. That way he's taking less hits, taking the hits on the design run plays and not having to scramble as much. Extending plays and still being able to deliver the football is fine. You you want that for Trey Lance. Those are, those are the plays that Kyle Shanahan wants in his offense. Okay, it didn't work out. Now go make something happen. What you don't want him to have to scramble seven, eight times in this football game and take extra hits above what the you know the run game was going to provide already. Trey Lance's ability to use his legs definitely helps the run game, and it's going to be used in this game for sure. Because when he lines up in a read option, he's reading that guy. If that guy stays put, he's going to create an extra lane for the running back to run the football. If that guy, that linebacker, goes down the line of scrimmage, like I fully expect with the aggressive style in which they run, Trey Lance is going to be able to pull and get around the outside. The fact that Kyle Shannon and Chris Forster come up with very creative run game, this could be a week they use the aggressiveness of Seattle against them. Now, Seattle could push pause on the whole thing and say, you know, we saw what the Bears did. We're going to make Trey Lance beat us. But something tells me Pete Carroll just likes being aggressive and new defensive coordinator likes being aggressive as well. So that's what I expect for the 49ers offense. On defense, the defensive key matchup is the 49ers defense against Seattle Seahawks improv. The reason I say that, and the reason I put the full defense, is the defense had a problem handling improv plays last week. Justin Fields, you know, getting the ball out there to the Catman, Dante Pettis, for the touchdown. The play that completely broke down. And when all, when all hell breaks loose, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be located? They weren't with Dante Pettis, and he makes a big play for a touchdown. 
another breakdown allows St. Brown to score a touchdown. So there's all kinds of stuff like that that happened with Justin Fields at the helm, and Geno Smith is fully equipped to be able to move around in the pocket, extend plays, and run if necessary. So Seattle's improv is actually what caused them to get touchdowns in this game against the Denver Broncos. First touchdown of the game to Disley. The complete breakdown after Geno Smith gets past a blitz. A linebacker comes right up the middle, has Geno Smith dead to rights. Smith sidesteps him and gets climbs the pocket. As he does, three defenders want to engage with Geno Smith. He throws the ball over the top for a touchdown. Those things you can't allow to happen. So you need to clean up those mistakes, not allow any improv plays. Because if you play it straight, you have an opportunity to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Now, over on Patreon, you can check out my breakdown of the Seahawks versus Denver Broncos, the scouting report, going over all the things the Seahawks did well, the things that the 49ers can take advantage of, the things that the Seahawks do well that the 49ers maybe are weak at. I'm going to go through all of that. And one thing I'll give you guys a little bit of a tidbit here that I noticed was that the Denver Broncos made some adjustments from first half to second half that definitely slowed down the Seattle Seahawks offense. They went to a five-man front or a bare front, and they pretty much played too deep and just said, okay, Gino, locate a receiver underneath. And then they squatted on all those routes. It was a very, very good game plan. I really liked it. And I'm going to break down all that video over on Patreon. So if you're not a part of the Patreon, go check it out. You're going to want to see that. It's a good, good breakdown. It's a fun way to look at football, give you X's and O's advantage when you're watching on Sunday. So that's one of the things the 49ers defense has to do. They know what Seattle does well, Seattle's formations. There's not a whole lot of creativity there. They run diamond. They run trips. Uh, they run spread, which is great. They have running back Rashad Penny. He's He's got a lot of speed and a lot of ability. Hasn't proved it a lot in this league yet. But then they also got Travis Homer as well. And they'll put them both out there in certain sets. So it's something interesting to watch from Seattle. Now, part of the improv is making sure that you're going to get home. 49ers have you know, elevated and promoted Kamoko Teray. Another guy that is a good pass rusher that could possibly get home. Only able to get home twice against Justin Fields. Do you have as many concerns about Geno Smith getting outside the pocket and creating? No, I think it's a little bit lesser of that. Are you going to be, you know, last week the 49ers had to pretty much bull rush consistently to make sure they kept their pass rush lane integrity and making sure that Justin Fields couldn't run. You can take more chances against Geno Smith. You are going to be able to get up the field, rush him fast, and create pressure. If you couple that with a D'Amico Ryan's disguise coverage, you don't have to do it all the time, but if you disguise him here and there, you can create opportunities just like they did with the robber play from Tauno Hufanga last week against Justin Fields. Those kind of things are going to be part of the equation for the 49ers defense. It's all about being aggressive at the right times. You have the corners already. Charverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley pretty much went untested against Chicago. When they did try to take a chance at Charvarius Ward, he absolutely locked it down. So where are the weaknesses of the 49ers secondary? Got to be Tayshawn Gibson and Talano Hufanga. Confusing them is the main goal. Hufanga struggled a little bit in losing guys when plays broke down. That is a goal for the 49ers to be able to fix that. I'm sure Hufanga will. He's just one of those players that learns from mistakes. Also, cleaning up penalties. The 49ers clean up their penalties and don't allow Seattle cheap uh, third down conversions. They're going to be off the field so much, it's going to give more opportunities to Trey Lance in this offense. So that's why it's all about team defense this week, about playing together, all three levels playing in unison together like they did early in the Chicago game. If they do that, they're going to be able to shut down the Seattle Seahawks offense. If they don't, Seattle's going to come up with some of these improv plays 
that can make things happen. That's when it gets nervous. Uh, it was the Russell Wilson kind of thing that happened for years. Those are the things that make you nervous about Seattle Seahawks. And for whatever reason, when Pete Carroll's the coach, magic will sometimes happen. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Something weird is bound to happen. You don't know what's in that gum, but you just never know how these guys are going to respond. So 49ers need to make sure they clean up all the mistakes, play sound football, be in the right spots at the right time, do your job. That's what's important for this defense. And I'm hoping this defensive line is going to get after it a little bit more than they did against Chicago. Early on, they were absolutely tough to deal with. Later on, not so much. Now, Seattle's offensive line, if you look at it from top to bottom, it doesn't sound you know crazy good. They got Charles Cross at left tackle. You got Damian Lewis at left guard. Center's Austin Blythe. Right guard is Gabe Jackson. I like Gabe Jackson a lot. And right tackle, Abraham Lucas. Young guy has been very equipped and done a very good job. Uh, and they handled themselves pretty good against Denver. There were times they were five-on-five five against the Denver Broncos, and they won and gave Geno Smith clean pockets. This front line for the 49ers cannot allow that to happen. Now, how many times will the 49ers bring five? Probably a lot less than the Denver Broncos did. But can they get home with four? If they can get home with four, they're going to have a better chance of winning against the Seattle Seahawks because they're going to be able to keep one extra guy in coverage for Geno Smith. And he was struggling in the second half with six guys in coverage. So the 49ers are able to add a seventh guy. It can make it even more difficult for Geno. Get after him. Get after him early and often. Then you can possibly have a very good day. So those are the offensive and defensive key matchups. Some of the other matchups to watch, of course, you're going to have Marquise Goodwin, the former 49er with that at tremendous speed, being able to take the top off the defense. Just seeing how they handle him and what they do with him is going to be fun. But this 49er secondary, Emmanuel Mosley, Charverius Ward, uh, Womack, Kufanga, and Gibson against this wide receiver group. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Marquise Goodwin, they're all problems. Throw in the fact you got tight ends that can get it done as well, like Noah Fant and Will Disley. Uh, the, they're, they've got some weapons there. So the secondary is going to be tested. Was not tested a whole bunch against the Bears, but this will be the test. Womack, of course, will be tested in the slot. Let's see if the 49ers leave him there. And let's see how they handle DK Metcalf. Are they going to let Charveris Ward and Emmanuel Mosley man up on DK Metcalf? Patrick Sertan did that to DK Metcalf in the second half. He equated himself really well. Will the 49ers employ a similar game plan? They just might. If they're able to limit DK Metcalf uh, by going one-on-one, -on -one, then they're going to have a really good chance to win because then they can give help to uh, Samuel Womack in the slot on Tyler Lockett, and then you know you can cover Marquise Goodwin on the outside with the other corner. So the 49ers are definitely equipped to handle what the Seahawks do as long as they're able to handle the physicality of DK Metcalf, but I think that's part of the reason they got Charvarius Ward. He's a physical, big-time uh, corner, he's probably going to get away with tugging and pulling on DK Metcalf because he's so big this week. But I think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. And if this front seven can stop the Seahawks run game, Seahawks run game struggled a little bit against Denver. It's going to give the 49ers a lot of opportunities for third and long where they can get let this defensive line pin their ears back and go without the penalties. I just don't think Seattle's going to be able to convert too many first downs and be able to create too many opportunities for them to score. Uh, I thought that Denver Broncos really shot themselves in the foot with a lot of times with uh, turnovers, of course, red zone turnovers with penalties. It was eerily similar to what the 49ers did in Chicago. If the 49ers duplicate their performance from Chicago, they will not beat the Seahawks. If they play a clean game, they can definitely beat the Seahawks because they have a better roster top to bottom. But the Seahawks are a young team. Got a lot of capable players. 
they're going to be hungry. Anytime you're in a rivalry game like this, you never know what's going to happen. You throw in the little bit of mixture of weather, and all of a sudden the ball could slip out of your hands. So I think it's going to be one of those ones where the Fournier's are going to look to come in, play sound offense and defense, run the football, let play action develop off that, and then on defense, just play team defense. Go ahead and try to get home with four. Confuse Geno Smith on the outside with the coverage. I think that is your way to beat the Seattle Seahawks, but it's not going to be easy. And now it's time for me to go bold with my wild that's bold prediction. Wow, that's really bold. And uh, my wow, that's bold last week did not come true. On defense, uh, I predicted the 49ers would get five sacks against Justin Fields. It started out pretty good, uh, but they were not able to maintain, so I was wrong on that prediction. I did say that the 49ers run game was going to do very well last week, run the ball a lot, and they did. Um, it did not equal a win, though. So uh, let's see what let's see what I come up with this week for the Wild That's Bold. My Wild That's Bold is going to be pretty simple. I believe this 49ers defense is going to force two turnovers in this game and both of those touchdowns, this is where the offensive one comes in, are going to equal points for the 49ers. I think the 49ers are going to get points off turnovers this week. It's going to be huge. So my offensive wild that's bold is that the 49ers convert on these turnovers that the defense gets for them. I look for the defense to cause some problems for Geno Smith, for him to potentially put the ball on the ground. There were opportunities in the game on Monday where he put the ball on the ground. Wasn't always capitalized on by Denver. So the turnovers are going to be there, and I think the 49ers are going to take advantage of it this week. And I think that's that's my wow, that's bold for this week. Niners, two turnovers on defense. Offense capitalizes with that. I'm going to throw a little bit extra in there because I believe the 49ers are going to hold Seattle under 40% of third down efficiency and conversion rate. So under 40% and give them a chance to win this football game. That's what it's about, getting off the field on third down now as far as my game prediction for this football game it's tough but i've watched a lot of film of seattle i've watched a lot of film of the 49ers for chicago and i've come to the conclusion that if the 49ers can get the run game going on the outside which is going to be available with the way that these outside linebackers rush the passer and want to get upfield or go down the line of scrimmage with a lot of aggressiveness that kyle shannon and chris forster are going to come up with a game plan that takes advantage of seattle seahawks aggressiveness is able to pull, able to get outside with pitch plays, uh, use Jawan Jennings to kick these guys down and create lanes and voids for these running backs to be able to run the football, including Debo Samuel. I think also Trey Lance will be big in the way the 49ers use the, use the run game and are using his legs as well. I think the 49ers get it done, but I think it's going to be tight. I think the 49ers win this game 23-17. to I think that the turnovers end up being huge for the 49ers. The 49ers come away with a victory against the heated rival Seattle Seahawks, get back on track, and then get ready for Sunday night football against the Denver Broncos. It won't be an easy game. 49ers have to work through some things. I think they do in this game. I think we see a little bit of an emergence from the young running backs for the 49ers. Debo Samuel takes over for a little bit. I think Brandon Ayuk gets going as well. So I hope you guys all enjoyed the 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks game preview show. Looking forward to all the rest of the content that's coming out tomorrow of course cover two with warren we're going to be getting deeper into the seattle seahawks game talking a little bit about bears uh with player performances but mainly about the seahawks and then of course on friday as well uh what's good with jay in the bay is going to be talking about his five big things the 49ers need to do 
who beat the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday. What's the game plan? I'm going to get even deeper in what the 49ers are going to do on offense and defense to beat the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to go X's and O's for them. So, of course, always you can always check out on Patreon uh, all the breakdowns that are happening over there and all the shows. This was bonus week, so you got all those shows right here on YouTube. So if you haven't watched Slightly Offsize, Face Off, uh, go ahead and check those out as well. And then on Sunday after the after the game, 49ers for Seahawks, join me for the game reaction show. Let's have a fun conversation, get all, all into it. Hopefully we're celebrating a 49ers win. I believe we will. And it's going to be a fun one. One and one tied for the NFC West division heading into Denver. That's what you want from the 49ers, but it's all about executing. It's all about bouncing back. I think they're going to prove it this week that they can do that. So it's going to be a fun one. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Have a good night. Stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.